had a lot of internal determination to be the kind of mother that I wanted to be. And I didn't want to get caught up in other people's vision of motherhood. Welcome back to a new season of Big Little Choices. This is Shri, and I'm so excited to bring you more stories, more inspiring choices, and more opportunities for all of us to learn about what other amazing women and mothers are doing. We really want this season to inspire you and to make a choice or choices that are right for you. If you've heard episodes from the previous season, I hope your takeaway was that you can make an unconventional choice, stay true to yourself, and still have a happy ending. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's topic on the podcast is something that I spent a lot of the early days after having my son thinking about, worrying about, and quite frankly, crying about. When my son was five days old, we had to admit him into the NICU because he was dehydrated from a lack of breast milk. It led to a lot of anxiety, self-doubt, and guilt around what my body was capable of and what I was expected to do as a mother. Formula had always been an option, but one that I wasn't quite ready to embrace for a variety of reasons. It was ultimately the best choice for us, but did take a while to accept. And so, today's conversation feels very personal. My guest Rachel talks about why she and her husband decided to formula feed their son Ari from day one. She talks about why that choice was important to her and how the breast versus formula debate is too slanted and why we need to empower moms to make whatever feeding choice is best for them. My childhood and growing up years were very much about kind of having the freedom to explore who I was and not really feel obligated to be the way that anybody else was. And of course, that influenced all kinds of things about who I became. And it definitely influenced choices that I was making when I became a mother. I had a lot of internal determination to be the kind of mother that I wanted to be, and I didn't want to get caught up in other people's vision of motherhood or feel guilt that I saw a lot of other moms experiencing um, just because I was I was so used to kind of being free and being able to live by my own ideas, if that makes sense. So tell me more about your journey to pregnancy and the kinds of choices you were already deliberately thinking about even before you had your son, Ari? My journey to becoming a mother, first of all, trying to navigate all of the choices around how I was going to do that was one of the most difficult things that I think I've done in my adult life because I very much wanted a child. I wanted to start a family. I wanted to have that parent-child relationship with a kid and watch my kid grow up and then get to enjoy them as an adult. I wanted all those things, right? But I, um, because I have an anxiety disorder that was not well controlled during my 20s, luckily is now, I had seen a lot of women who were just totally blindsided and overwhelmed by the demands of motherhood. And for me, already having difficulty with anxiety and with being emotionally okay, that was very frightening for me to have to ask, you know, could I balance all the demands of parenthood? What would I do if I got overwhelmed and couldn't be a good parent to this kid? What would I do if this knocked me back off of my, this place of stability that I had gotten to? And I'll, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It was a very difficult time in my life asking those questions because I wanted a child, but I was, I was really just very 
afraid that my anxiety would come back and would spoil that life event, kind of the way that it had spoiled a lot of other things that I had tried to do. So my husband and I talked a lot leading up to pregnancy and during pregnancy about how we could make sure that we co-parented equally, because I really felt like if he was an equal parent and I had his backup uh, or he, sorry, he had my back a hundred percent, that that would go a long way towards um, protecting my mental health because my anxiety tends to be very like stress triggered. And so like, I knew that, I mean, I can handle stress, but I knew that if I had somebody to help alleviate that stress and to give me breaks so that I didn't just feel like I was constantly on this overwhelming treadmill, I knew that I would do a lot better and that it would be more possible to have the kind of mother-child relationship that I was looking forward to with my kid. So we talked a lot about you know, the fact that I wanted to keep working, how we were, you know, going to make sure to get Jaron, you know, as involved in caring for the child as I was so that we could be, you know, me and him and a kid, the three of us together as a family and not just like me and the kid and Jaron kind of being the side character that financially supports us, you know. Um, So that was where the idea to do formula from day one originally came from because we thought, well, if we do breastfeeding, that will automatically knock me into being the primary caregiver for the first year, which is one of the most intense times when they're little, of course. And it would also remove Jaron from being able to do that to to do that particular care function for Ari at all if, you know, if Ari was always breastfeeding off of me. I thought for a hot minute, like, well, you know, maybe I could pump sometimes and Jaron could feed a bottle and give myself a break. I saw a lot of other people really struggling to make sure that they pumped at the right time, or maybe their baby didn't want to take a bottle when their baby was used to having mom. And there's just a lot of complications that seem to come along with that. And so Jaron and I thought like, well, you know what, it's just, it's going to be, we're going to have the greatest chance of success of getting the parenthood arrangement that we want. If we just say from day one, we're going to formula feed Ari and then both of us can do any care task for him and we can divvy it up however we want on any given day. So that was kind of where that idea originally came from. It's amazing that you had this clarity to bottle feed Ari from day one, given your own needs and how you wanted to structure your home and your and Jaren's relationship to Ari. But what about, you know, there's so much of narrative around and also like science and research, which says that breastfeeding is the best way to go. Or even if you can't breastfeed, get donor milk or the fact that try as long as you can to pump. So it increases your supply. Like there's just so much narrative around this whole thing around breastfeeding How did you sort of make peace with that and say, you know what, that's fine, but ultimately this is my choice and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it? Lots and lots of research was the way that I made peace with that. Um, I did research into, like, I wanted to go see for myself, what do these studies say? And it was very confusing because there have been, you know, there's been a lot of 
uh, ink spilt over this question, right, in the scientific community. Um, one thing that really helped was that I read a lot about how much of the breastfeeding research was actually done with studies that weren't using great methodology, um, that, you know, weren't controlling for all of the environmental factors. Um, I read a lot about how studies can prove correlation of benefits to breastfeeding, but they can't always prove causation. And when I looked around at all of the people that I knew who had bottle fed, because I knew some people that couldn't breastfeed, um, I did know one other mom who uh, chose not to breastfeed um, without, you know, any medical reason for doing so. Um, but I, you know, I knew people that that had to bottle feed for one reason or another. And I was looking at their kids and there just didn't seem to be a whole lot of difference between them health wise. And so I would say that, you know, between that and finding out that the research wasn't as clear as I had always been told it was, that kind of freed me from that particular worry. Um, I think if I, you know, I, I really do think that it was just that there's, there's so little of the research that had been quoted to me was actually based on research that used good methodology that I just ended up feeling like, um, I, I didn't end up with a sense of urgency about breastfeeding once I got done with all the research. And I think one of the things that I remember my son's pediatrician told me is because I had trouble breastfeeding was that he said a lot of these studies have been done in the 70s and the 80s. And what's happened since is that the quality of breast milk has improved dramatically. But, you know, it, like you said, it doesn't take away from the fact that breast milk is good and it's amazing. And if you can, it, uh, it's an absolute must. But in the event that you can't, it's not so bad to bottle feed because, again, like you're saying with the methodology, like I heard from the pediatrician, the studies haven't been done more recently where you're comparing some of the, you know, really high quality formula that you're getting. So I think it just goes to say that it is it's a choice that you can make and you can still feel okay with it. Because I think, you know, one of the things I want to hear from you is guilt, like this feeling of guilt when you're not doing something for your child that is expected of you as a mother, right? Like we just have this assumption that breastfeeding is for everyone, but maybe it's not. So did you have any feelings of guilt? Like, how did you think about that piece? I actually didn't feel guilt as much as I felt worry. And, you know, there again, it's just because I'm an anxious person. So a lot of times my uncertainties manifest as, as worries more so than guilt. But I did have some thoughts of, oh gosh, what if we set our kid up to have this and this problem later on? What if we do this and then we've changed our, and then later we, we decide that that wasn't a good decision, but you can never go back on that decision once you've made it. Those thoughts did come into my mind. What I was more concerned about was that I was going to be too stressed out and overwhelmed to enjoy the parenting experience that I was, you know, going to really be unhappy with my lifestyle 
And I felt like those were more likely worries and things to happen. Um, Given what I'd been researching, it seemed less likely that I was going to somehow screw up my child's health permanently. So I, I kind of finally just had to weigh the likelihood. You know, I thought, well, this the research that I'm doing is telling me that I can back off of being so worried about formula being bad for him. But I know how I react as a person and that I will not react well to stress if I'm the only one taking care of this kid around the clock. And I knew for sure that that would happen. So I had to kind of just go with what I knew. But yeah, like I had to wrestle with those questions and ask myself, okay, am I really comfortable committing to this plan, even though there are a lot of people that would say it's not the ideal, the absolute 100% ideal? And which actually leads me to my next question, which is, you know, when you're surrounded with 99% of people who are doing it the conventional way, how did you feel like, you know, when you were talking to people about your choice to do this from day one? And I think, you know, in the event that you're unable to breastfeed, maybe they're a little bit more understanding of it. But in your case, how did you find that? You, how did you think your community reacted to it? And especially given that, you know, you made that choice to do it from day one. I was very careful about who I told. Um, a lot of people in my life did not find out that we were formula feeding until after he was born and they saw us for the first time and I was feeding him a bottle. That was how the vast majority of people found out because I knew if I told people ahead of time that they would ask a lot of questions and possibly in some cases even try to talk me out of it or like send me information on the internet or whatever. But I figured that if they didn't find out until they saw me a few weeks into motherhood, then at that point, it's obvious that it's too late for me to change my mind, <laughs> like biologically, you know. So I, I figured that I would be safe from a lot of the coercion, I guess, at that point. So I was really careful who I told. I did not, uh, there were certain people that were so into their breastfeeding experience that I was truly afraid that I would hurt their feelings if I was upfront about me and Jaren's plan. So I picked a handful of people that I told and we didn't tell anybody else. And then, you know, after he was born, I did get some questions that I could tell people wanted to say more, but for the most part, my plan worked where most people, you know, when they were seeing Ari for the first time and he was five weeks old and, you know, I had not established breastfeeding. And so all of my milk had gone away by that point. They knew that there was kind of no point arguing with me. So there were people that I knew wanted to say more, but figured that there was no point in saying more. So all of that is amazing. And it's incredible that it all worked out for you. Oh, you know, one of the things that my husband and I were just talking about this past weekend is that as women, it's a great time for us to work now, right? There's all of this conversation around leaning in and doing as much as you can in the workplace, getting support to do as much as you want on the home front. Companies are encouraging you to, you know, have flexible hours. You can work from home so you can still be with your kids as much as you want and all of that. And what we were wondering about is that not in a, in a lot of cases, men are not supported the same way. In the example, which is that in your case specifically, 
you have the ability to be around Ari as much as you want, but does Jaren's work support him the same way to be a father that he wants to in the sense of the amount of time that he wants to spend with Ari? And so we were like, you know, in some ways it, it feels like it's unfair to fathers right now because so much is expected of them, given that moms are expecting more of them, given they can do more at work, but really are companies and is the work situation conducive for men to be as involved as well? That I'm really glad you asked that, actually, because that speaks directly to some stuff that Jaren and I have been dealing with for the last two or three months. Um, so I definitely had a more flexible workplace than Jaren. And it's exactly what you said, that people expect a woman to need flexibility. And so they grant her that. And they don't expect a man to need flexibility for his child in the same way. And so he has to ask for it more. And there's less certainty about whether that will be received well. We were very fortunate that Jaron's company had an official policy that allowed him to take some good time off when Ari was born. However, um, once he went back to work, his company culture was very demanding of him. And, and, and partly that was just the company anyway. I mean, I think his company was kind of hard on everyone, moms and dads together, but certainly, you know, there were a lot of men around him who didn't have the expectations on them that women did. And so there was some question in our minds of, whether he was going to be able to have as much flexibility and freedom as I did. And we did worry about that. And um, my husband actually ended up, he's switching jobs this month to um, a different job that allows him more flexibility. And Ari is part of the reason for that. My husband had a very difficult time feeling stressed out by work after he went back once Ari was born. I mean, he certainly had a much bigger struggle with that than I did. And there were times where he was frustrated because he wanted to come home early or he felt like he needed to, he, he felt like he was having to finagle a way to take Ari to an appointment that he needed to be at or something like that. And it just wasn't as complicated for me. So we did kind of see that firsthand, like even to the point where Jaron got fed up and switched jobs, you know, and it was, it's unfortunate that it is that way. And I, I think we could do better as a society if we would recognize that men value more than just their productivity at work, just the way women value more than just their productivity at work. So based on this experience, right, and again, one of the things we talked about when we chatted last time is that you felt like it was important to share your story because we need to break away from the assumption that breastfeeding is for everyone. And why do you think so? Oh, yes. So I have opinions about this. Um, so basically, I feel like women deserve to make choices about the things that greatly impact our lives. And right now, the the breast versus bottle debate, if you want to call it that, like the narrative in our current mom culture is so like imbalanced that it is influencing women's choices in a way that it shouldn't. Like, I feel like there is 
kind of subtle manipulation going on in a lot of the narrative about breastfeeding where people talk a lot about obviously like the health benefits, but I feel like the lifestyle strain that breastfeeding can bring to a woman is not honestly discussed very much in mom culture and like even by medical professionals. And certainly it's not like, oh, if we just talked about this more, every woman would choose formula. No, of course not. Many women love breastfeeding and want to do it. But I think that when you're not honest about how it impacts a woman's lifestyle, then she doesn't have all the information that she needs to make that choice. And I don't think that other moms or even the medical community have a right to decide what every woman should do and to then like slant the narrative to guide her that direction. And I think that there's an element of neglect toward mothers in the way that that narrative goes. I think it assumes that as long as a kid's, as, as long as the baby's every experience is completely optimized from the day of birth, then negative outcomes for a mom's mental health and lifestyle are on some level acceptable. So people don't prioritize talking about the piece of the decision that is what kind of a lifestyle do you want to have as a mom? Because there's kind of this assumption that, well, as long as the baby's thriving, what does it matter if the mom is thriving? You know, motherhood is supposed to be hard. And I think that that can even bleed into the belief that motherhood has to be really hard can lead to this belief that if you make a choice as a mom that makes things easier on you, then that must somehow be a selfish choice that's taking away something from your child. And like, I just don't think we need to see breastfeeding and formula feeding that way. I, I, I feel like we can see them as choices that each have pros and cons and that don't women don't need to be guided towards one or the other we just need to have all the information uh given to us honestly and not slanted one direction or the other because i think the biggest problem with that i notice is when it's so heavily slanted towards breastfeeding what it does is and the reason i asked you this question earlier on is creates an enormous amount of guilt in mothers who choose not to breastfeed and to your earlier point, I think what it does is we're constantly fed this narrative that as long as your child is thriving and they're getting the best in terms of breastfed 10 times a day up until a certain age, it doesn't matter how the mom feels. Now, like you said, there's some moms who really enjoy it. It's amazing. It creates a bond. It gives the health benefits that you know we know that breastfeeding has, may have, whatever it might be. But I think what it takes away is this thing of for those moms who don't want to do it or who don't have the ability to do it, living with that guilt for a very long time because you're somehow told that you're doing a disservice. You're not doing your best. I remember a lactation consultant came to my house when I think my son was about three weeks old and I was having a really hard time breastfeeding. And she said she just completely dismissed everything. And she said, all you need to do is pump 10 times a day and you need to take like a gazillion pounds of fenugreek seeds three times a day. And that's it. That's the solution for all of your problems. And while I didn't take the fenugreek seeds, I genuinely tried to like pump, I think maybe like five times a day. And I was like, this is horrible. Like, this is not how I want to spend my time with my child in the early days, because what am I doing? I'm sitting hold up in this room. My boobs hurt. 
I'm just squeezing every drop out of them. And even then there's not enough. Like I'm barely getting an ounce when I should be getting like six ounces. But then again, what am I being told? That it's my fault. Like I'm not pumping enough. I'm not trying hard enough. I'm not taking enough supplements. I'm not getting enough rest. I'm not drinking enough mother's milk tea. And it's all somehow my fault that my body is not able to do a certain task, which I was okay with. But I think it's this pressure of if you don't meet this requirement of being a mom, you're somehow, you're just, it's just not good enough or you're not trying hard enough. I completely agree. And I've, I have definitely seen, I mean, I've had a lot of friends that, that, you know, wanted to breastfeed and, and planned to, and either couldn't or did, but had trouble with it. It broke my heart to see them have to worry that they weren't doing what they were supposed to be able to do for their child, you know, and especially like these moms that were wonderful, loving mothers and were giving their kids the world in terms of, you know, emotional support and physical care. It frustrates me so much when those people who are doing all of that are then made to feel like somehow that's not enough because they can't control this biological process that their body is doing. Before we wrap up, I just want to say that this conversation was not about taking sides. But rather, it's meant to share the idea that there is an alternative to breastfeeding that can still lend itself to happy and healthy babies. Moms need to be able to make the choice around what's right for them when it comes to breast versus formula feeding. Breastfeeding and breast milk is an incredible gift to our children and one that doesn't need to be debated. But formula can be a lifesaver, literally, for those babies who can't be breastfed. So our dialogue needs to shift from shaming and guilt to being more accepting of that choice. I was so inspired by my conversation with Rachel that she had the clarity and more importantly the courage to make a choice that is not the norm but what was right for her and her family. And as a heads up, in our next episode that'll be out in a few weeks, I'll be talking to Sarah about her positive and beautiful relationship with breastfeeding, one that led her to feeding her daughter for over five years. We wrapped up our chat today on Rachel's philosophy on making unconventional choices and advice she has for other moms. Because I was always used to being a little bit different, I think I learned over my lifetime that you have to just sort of live through the discomfort of thinking that someone might think something odd about you. There is certainly discomfort there and it can lead to uncomfortable moments. But what I've always tried to do is just tell myself, that I can survive the discomfort. What will be harder to do is live with a choice day in, day out that I don't like in my own personal life. What advice do you have for someone who's trying to make an unconventional choice and especially in the context of being a mom? And I think your story particularly resonated with me because I was in your shoes a couple of years ago in making that choice to formula feed my son but also knowing that it wasn't something that a lot of people encouraged me to do or were okay with. So what advice do you have for women who want to make an unconventional choice? And how do you find the courage when you're doing something that's not the norm? What I learned from my experience is that when you make the choices that you know are gonna work for your family, it can just, it, it, that has the power to bring a sense of peace and fun 
that you might not expect. We've had hard days of parenting, of course, but I have found a real joy, sometimes more joy than I expected from parenting the way we want to and just from the the buoyancy of spirit that it that it gives us to work together as a team in the way that accords with our strengths and i just i highly recommend that everyone do parenting the way you know is going to work for you because it just creates a wonderful atmosphere in your home Thank you for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon with another interview and until then if you have any feedback or comments on the kinds of choices you want to hear more about let me know.